Okay, we are doing now Sunday's portion of Ha'azinu. This is again the song that we've been discussing in the past few days of Chumash, the song that is bearing witness to the Jewish people. So this song opens up with, Give ear, O heavens, and I will speak, and may the earth hear the words of my mouth. So Rashi explains that what do we want the heavens and earth to listen to? That I'm warning the Jewish people, and you, heaven and earth, should be witnesses that I told this to the Jewish people. Now Rashi then questions, why did Moses call the heavens and earth as witnesses? So Moses said, I'm human. I, I'm, I'm passing away today. I'm going to be gone tomorrow. If the Jews are going to say, we never accepted this covenant on ourselves, who's going to come and deny this? So I'm having witnesses of heaven and earth because they last forever. Also, another advantage of the heaven and earth being witnesses, so to speak, if the Jews merit, they keep this covenant, well, the heaven and earth will reward them. And if, God forbid, the opposite, the heaven and earth will be the punitive force. Next verse. May my teachings drip like rain. May my utterances flow like the dew, like stormy winds on vegetation, like the raindrops on the grass. Now this is, I'm reading this in English. In the Hebrew, it's very poetic, and therefore a lot of the words are not the normative words, and therefore Rashi has to give some translations here. First, Rashi says, when my teachings drip like the rain, this is the testimony. He's telling the heavens and earth what they should testify. I'm telling you. The terror that I gave to the Jewish people, this is life to the world, like rain. Like rain is life for the world, Tyra is life for the world. Rashi translates Yarof to drip. May my utterances flow like the dew. Why do we have to bring in the dew? We already brought in the rain. So Rashi explains because the dew doesn't bother anyone. The rain could bother people traveling, people have uncovered vats with wine, but the dew everyone's happy with. So Tyra is truly life in a joyous way, in a non-bothersome way for the whole world. Tizal katan, I just did that, kisirim. Rashi explains si'irim meaning stormy winds, winds of rain is how Uncle translates it. Winds, with the rainy winds, are strengthening the grass and making them grow. Well, this is what words of Tyra do. They don't just nurture, they strengthen all those who learn them and help them grow. Kervivim, Rashi translates as raindrops, because it shoots like reviv, is like the arrow. So the raindrops come down like arrows, straight shots down. Desha, Rashi translates to means the wrapping of the earth, meaning the whole field of grass. And Asev, Rashi translates to mean a single stalk or a single species of grass, of herbs. It's called Asev. So as I said, this is written in poetry. It's very poetic. This is a very famous piece of Torah that many school children memorize, and therefore there's a lot of unusual words that have to be translated. Next verse. When I call out the name of God, ascribe greatness to our God. Rashi says, Ki, here, which is the first word, Ki, Rashi has told us many times, has various, four various translations. Here it means when. When I call out the name, mention the name of God, you ascribe greatness to God. You bless God. Now, on this verse, this is a basis for saying in the temple, after we say the blessing with God's true name, God's completely expressed name, the people respond because when we hear the name of God, we ascribe greatness to God. Next verse, the rock 
perfect is his work, for all his ways are justice. A God faithful, without iniquity, righteous, and is proper. So Rashi says, the rock perfect is his work. Why are we comparing God to a rock here? Why aren't we using God's name? So what we're doing here is to indicate that we're talking about the strength of God. A rock is like strong. So even though he's strong when he brings punishment on those that transgress his will, he doesn't just bring it, okay, let's bring out the punishment and pour it down on you. The rock perfect is his work. He's bringing it with justice. He's a faithful God. Rashi says, faithful God, repay the righteous for their righteousness in the world to come. Even though he postponed the repayment, he doesn't pay them immediately on the spot, but in the end, every single thing he will, be, he will pay for. So this word emuna, Rashi is explaining, is faithful. Faithful meaning you can trust him to fulfill his word. You can trust him to fulfill the reward that he promises the righteous in the world to come. Without iniquity, Rashi says that means to the wicked. Even the wicked, he's going to repay them for any good they've done. And where will he pay the wicked? In this world. In the transient world. Sadiq Vyasharhu, righteousness is proper. Everyone accepts upon themselves the righteousness of his judgment. And this is proper. So we're saying righteous, we mean the people say he's righteous. The people say it's proper. I'm sorry. The people say it's righteous, and proper means it is proper for the people to acknowledge God's righteousness. Next verse. Corruption is not his. The blemish is his children's, a crooked and twisted generation. Again, we're looking here at the Jewish people, not at this current moment, when actually they're all very righteous, but in the future when they're going to sin. So corruption to him Tarashi is translating here. That corruption is theirs. Meaning, we could think what we're saying here is that Rashi explains Sheikh is low. It's, it's a little complex to explain it, but because as I'm saying, this is poetic. But corruption is theirs, not his. The blemish is his children, Bun of Mumam. They are his children, and the corruption with their corruption is their blemish. It's not God's blemish. In other words, Rashi is explaining what does their blemish refer to. The verse means the blemish of corruption, mentioned at the beginning of the verse, is theirs, is the Jewish people's. It's not God's blemish. Dor Ikesh, a crooked generation. So Rashi is explaining Ikesh to mean crooked. Ufis al and twisted. And Rashi explains Ufis al to mean twisted. Next word. Is it to Hashem that you're paid this, O people who are vile and unwise? Is he not your father, your acquirer? He made you and established you. So Rashi is explaining that first phrase, is it to God that you repay this? This is like a rhetorical question, meaning, is it before him that you cause anguish? Again, this song is a song, a testimony when the Jews mess up and sin and are punished, so we're testifying that, yes, God warned us. All this is going to happen. So we're talking here about the Jews in a sinful state. So that's why you're causing God anguish. Why are you causing God anguish? He has all the power to punish you. He has all the power to help you. Why, why, are, you, why are you doing this to him? Amnavola, a vile people, meaning 
Rosh explains, you forgot what has been done for you. In other words, what you're doing is unethical and it's foolish. So what's unethical here? It's unethical that you don't appreciate what God did for you in the past. And unwise, it's foolish. Don't you understand the consequences of your conduct? He has the power to benefit you. He has the power to harm you. Sometimes it seems like so crazy. You're like, I don't get it. You know God has all power. You know God is watching. You know God says no. You know he's going to punish you. What are you doing this for? Is he not your father, your acquirer? So the word kanecha, Rashi is explaining in three ways. One, again, these all three derive from the same etymological root word. One is kanacha, he acquired you. One is kinenecha, he nested you in a nest of rocks in a strong land. And one is shetikencha, he enhanced you with all sorts of enhancements. So in other words, this root word, kan, we can look at as all three of these translations, they all work. Kan to acquire, to own, kan to nest, and kan to enhance. The most obvious meaning of kanecha is the first interpretation. God who owns you, God who acquired you, which is why Rashi puts it first. It's the most literal meaning. But it doesn't fit well with the verse's reference to God as your father, because the father doesn't own his children. And that's why Rashi brings two other explanations. God who nested you, your father nested you, meaning he took care of you. Your father enhanced you. Both of those, though not as literal as acquired you, but both make more sense with the concept of what your father does for you. He made you a nation among the nations. He established you. After he made you this nation, he gave you all sorts of foundations. He gave you everything. So what Rashi is saying is there's two stages here in the development of the Jewish nation. First, he made you. He gave you a distinct national identity. And then he established you, meaning all that you need for the development of national leadership comes from within you. He gave you priests, he gave you prophets, he gave you kings. Everything you need to be the nation, the great and glorious nation of the Jewish people, you have inside of you. So why are you messing up? That is the Chumash portion of Sunday.